The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Voice here in partnership with SB Nation. Hello. Hey, we got to get down. It's Friday. Um, it is Friday, and because we are getting down, we decided to bring on a very special guest to just start your weekend off right, if you will. Um, you may know him because if you follow either of us on the Twitter, mm-hmm. You've probably seen us harassing David Hellman with him. Um, it's kind of like our mini cohort club, whatever you want to call it. But um, if you don't know who I'm talking about by now, it's Bobby Belt with NFL Network. Bobby, hello. Howdy. How is everyone? So good. I mean, I just want to point out that, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked on here about your DFW and, and everything like that. And. Uh, I just like to point out that the only person who promised a Zoom conference if you donated was Hellman, yes. and I donated and he refused. You guys actually gave me a Zoom conference before Hellman did, and you're not even the ones who promised it. Wow. So basically wow. what you're saying is we're better humans. But, yeah, I mean, I think that goes without saying. I think that's, you know, one of those things that's just been established, and, and people know uh, where Dave is. You can't trust a guy who you know, slanders cookies and cream ice cream and, right? you know, pickles. I know I can't, well, pickles are disgusting. I'll actually fall with them on that. Oh but, my uh, God. They're awful. I like, this is no joke. The, uh, the first date me and my wife went on, um, I told her and I was told by everybody that this was a mistake at the time. I told her, I don't like my food touching. That's how like picky I am. I told, I said this on a first date. What? And, uh, Why? yeah, um, it, it seemed relevant to the time. I can't remember. It probably just wanted wasn't. to put it all out there. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm an open book. There was, there was no guessing with me. You, you knew what you were getting and, uh, I laid it out there and, uh, I think I mentioned it cause I didn't want something on my food, like no tomatoes or something. And, um, I just jokingly said like, I don't like the stuff touching. So if it comes back, I can't just pick it off. I'm just going to like throw it across the room. And that sounded like really intense. And uh, she did not go on a date with me again after that. And <gasps> it wasn't until months later when I redeemed myself and then we like actually started dating. But at the time I had 
in theory, really messed it up. It wasn't just because of that. She said I complained a lot, which for those of you that follow me on Twitter, I do complain a lot. Are you I mean, you're complaining you? a lot about pickles and food touching, so I can already see where this is going. I mean, it's pickles are just like little like vinegar-infused cucumbers. They're disgusting. <laughs> They're a delicious, flavorful bite. I don't know why people don't like them. <laughs> Vinegar sons of Satan. <laughs> I was I was starving one time. I'd been driving through um, like central Texas and like hadn't hit anything. And I saw McDonald's and I was like, I need to pull over and get some meat. So I ordered a burger with no pickles and starving as I was, they forgot, they put pickles on it. I was driving, I took a bite, there was a pickle in it. I immediately spit it in the bag and I threw the rest of the sandwich out the window. Wow. I messed with Texas is what I'm saying. What but, a waste. But like, I mean, I couldn't just pick them off. You can't pick them off. They will, the whole thing will taste like pickles otherwise. I got a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich and it didn't have pickles on it. And I went back there and got pickles. That's sacrilegious. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the Chick-fil-A secrets that like, see, I wouldn't order pickles on a Chick-fil-A sandwich, but that's one of the things they do. They use pickle juice. They like braise their uh chicken patties with that before they make them so you like already... your chicken? that's why it's delicious yeah i like their chicken i can't it's like it's like when i say i don't like tomatoes people are like you like pizza don't you it's like okay sauce is not the same thing pickle juice and then cooked in is not the same as biting into a pickle it's just not the same mm. yeah it's not as quite as satisfying because you don't get that crunch it's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> so well, bad food takes aside <laughs> I just need to know, I guess, basically, we're not going to talk about football is what we've decided. We're going to talk about pickles sure. and, yeah. um, and toppings. And because there's nothing going on in the world of sports deportes right now, basically. Um, but actually, there is. So I am going to... Don't forget everything she just said. Yeah. yeah she, gonna... she just... Yeah. She's... <laughs> ignore what Kelsey said. She forgot. I'm going to play news reporter. Um and run through some of the headlines with you because my goodness, I don't know about y'all, maybe because I've had my head in my books all week because um, I've been doing you know all the school things and studying, but I just feel like all the things are happening. And while they're not all positive things, at least there's something new to talk about. So um, I'll give the silver lining for that. But some of the news coming out of today, uh, guys, no season tickets will be happening this season. We kind of knew this was coming. Um, they officially, though, the Cowboys made their announcement that they've canceled all season tickets. They're going to add an additional year of eligibility to your PSL. And tickets will now be sold on a single-game basis with season ticket holders getting priority. So I don't know much detail on how much um, they'll let you, like how many people they're going to let in the stadium. Bobby, I mean, what are your thoughts on, I mean, maybe you might even know more because you're so in the know with all your NFL network things, and that's why you're so amazing. But um what are you kind of hearing about that? Uh, here's the thing. I've, I've heard of like a bunch of different opinions from people I talked to over the last couple of months and they're on wildly different spectrums. Like I've heard consistently from people that, and I'm just talking more broadly in the context of us having a season, not even necessarily what that season will look like. I don't think anybody really knows what that season's going to look like yet. If it happens, sure. um, I don't think they know what the game day experience is going to look like. I don't think they know what, media is going to look like or you know the the broadcasts or, or how many games it's going to be or anything like that i think it's just they know it'll be different and they're still working on what different means um but yeah i mean you talk to some people and i remember one person in the league told me that you know if anybody was going to make it work if anybody was going to plug through and just force it to happen it would be the nfl and so they were confident we were going to get something 
Um, somebody else I talked to said the NFL feels a, and this is probably isn't surprising given other things you see about them and, and the, the decisions that they make. And I say this full disclosure, obviously, is it's not just NFL network that I work for. That makes me technically an NFL employee. Um, so I say this as an NFL employee, but um, you know, that the NFL views themselves as having a responsibility to provide that for America because, you know, there's a demand for it. Just like they kind of did with the draft. A lot of people thought they should have canceled the draft and they felt they need this. They, you know, we can provide this right now and, and uh, ended up being right. And that I talked to somebody who said the NFL views the season that way, that they, they view that they have a, a moral responsibility almost to get it out there. Then there's other people that you talk to that's, you know, I, I talked to somebody specifically with the Cowboys who said, you know, I just, I don't see it happening. I think we're going to incrementally see stuff get canceled um, bit by bit. There's always going to be optimism. And then eventually we're just going to hit a point where they go, we've run out of time to cancel anything else more incrementally and we're done. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a bit of a roller coaster of emotions, I think, for everybody associated with the league right now. They're not sure what to think or, or, or what to expect. And I, I think everybody's just playing it by ear. My favorite quote, and this is not a cowboy, I promise. Uh, my favorite quote I've heard was when one of the, uh, I was talking to an agent who told me one of his players showed up for, uh, as a rookie to his team. And um, they obviously, the rookies were the first ones exposed to any of these pro calls and, and any of the plans. And uh, the agent told me that the, the player texted him and said, this is like Firefest. Like that was kind of the, it was just like, it was <laughs> oh so God. like fly by the seat of your pants and like, man, y'all are making it seem like you have this so much more in order than you actually do. Uh, and that may just be one specific building that's got that issue, but it was, uh, it was a good line. And uh, even if it's a little sad that those, what those implications might be. But I, I personally am of the opinion that I, I, I feel less optimistic than I do positive that we will get a full season of football this year. I think we'll at least have some things canceled, but yeah. we'll, we'll have to see. I was talking to my, uh, I have a friend who is, is kind of helping with the opening of the stadium and they, they, you know, all the, all the committees and, you know, basically in essence, it's been a lot of get a plan in place and then a new development and have to start all over type of thing. Like it's a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, cause again, this is such an ever, developing situation and that you can't it's tough to get a concrete plan in place granted i'm not going to excuse the league for waiting as long as he did to put the plans in place they had for at least training camp i, I felt like that was a stretch but yeah i mean i guess i don't know what to expect either i feel like we ah, ugh, i don't know i don't i just personally don't know if i see fans happening myself i think it's i have never been under the impression that the NFL has had this figured out in any way. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, it's going to be really telling if they, if they can make it through training camp and have some semblance of like their, um, SHIT together, then, um, that will surprise me in a happy way. Um, but as a season ticket owner, there's no way that I'm going do we go into a game? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I think that we'll have some fans that would be engaged and willing to go that regardless oh, totally. of, of the state. And maybe some people will be feeling better about it. Maybe certain developments will come along over the next few months. I mean, it's so unpredictable um, that, that, you know, potentially there'll be some, but I do think you're, 
I think you're looking at a, a season either without fans or, or with very limited numbers of fans. I but. mean, look at the MLB. Like, they're having – they have no fans, and I feel like they're having a hard time keeping their teams, like, healthy. And Well, they yeah. just – they don't like to tell people when they do things that are incorrect, and then it well, really is to their detriment, so. Well, and I mean, like, I mean, the, the MLB even has the advantage of your position is, like, naturally socially distanced from everyone else, whereas right. – just being on the line of scrimmage in an NFL game, you have seven guys literally face-to-face, like, breathing on each other. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have a, a more difficult time. I, I'll, during this whole quarantine, my favorite quote has always been to, to just quote the comedian Ryan Hamilton, where he says that, you know, this was from a special of his last year. He said, I haven't had a conversation in a very long time that didn't end with, well, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> oh, no. Words to live by 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, mean, it's. I said this last. Was it last week that we talked about this? It feels um, like every week. Yeah, but I just. It just baffles me. It shouldn't baffle me, but it does a little bit. The fact that, I mean, you could see this coming since since at least March. So where was the planning on that? And yeah. while it's a little harder to do a bubble, I could see like I don't know like each division being kind of close by where you could bus people and not fly or something. Well, and, and, and in the NFL's favor, there's a lot that's going against them compared to other sports leagues. That's going to make it difficult. But in the NFL's favor is the fact that it's a limited number of games. Like there's just eight weeks where a team has to travel and and they those are limited to just, you know, you have less travel than you would in other sports. Um, And so you can, you know, prevent those sorts of issues, but um, yeah, they're, 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 they're in a tough a spot. Little early to like quarantine a little bit or something like yeah. test more. Yeah. I mean, it's a, there's, there's a number of challenges here and I think that it's kind of, you know, they, they want to, I, I think the league wants everybody to feel good about where they are. And I, I think teams want everybody to feel good and feel like they have it under control. But I mean, it's very much like, um, you know, just being an adult, you just pretend like you've got it all together. And in reality, it's just, yeah, it's a bunch of internal screaming. Well, this will be interesting. The Cowboys at least uh, did report they had zero positive COVID tests, at least um, that was on Thursday. And the COVID list, though, um, quarantine John Bay Johnson and the opt out Maurice Kennedy and then Stephen Gedry. I'm, I always mess his name up. Did I say that? Gedry. Yeah. Okay. Gedry. Get, thank you. Um, Bobby, you and Jane were up there this week doing some live hits for the NFL Network for the um, master station, if you will. What was it like? Well, I mean, obviously you couldn't go in the building, but walk us through kind of the atmosphere, at least. You've been in, <laughs> you've been in the at least well, remote atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I was in the, uh, I mean, the, the biggest atmosphere note wasn't even related to COVID. It was the Hannah remnants that were pouring down on us and we had to be outside. Um, so we did have like a, uh, we got there, I had like a little tent set up. And for those of you that haven't been to the star before, um, I know Meg and Kelsey have, but you know, you've got the Nike store there and then just outside the Nike store, you've got that outdoor field in front of the Ford center. Um, so we were basically between the field and the Nike store, just kind of posted up by one of those columns. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, a little surreal um, just because it was so quiet and you're used to, you know, training camp being loud and lots of people running around. It was us and Ed Werder 
Ed and, and his camera guy were in a stairwell for one hit and then they left. So we we're just kind of by ourselves and uh, got to see, you know, occasionally you'd see some, some people. I saw Brett Maxey, uh, one of the Cowboy Scouts, Aww, uh, walk by Brett. at one point. I saw Shy Jr. Uh, Shy was out there. Um, and then we saw a few rookies cross by. We actually uh, got a, a, we were shooting kind of whenever anybody would walk by. And um, we saw Reggie Robinson, the uh, Cowboys fourth round oh? pick from Tulsa. And uh, he looked over and we kind of waved and he pulled down his mask real quick to give us a big smile and wave and then pulled it back up. So he was, uh, That's cute. It, there, there was, there was some positivity and, and, you know, some upbeat. And I think those that were there were happy to, even if maybe they don't have optimism about where the season is, I, I think there was a little bit of joy at things being at least a little more normal. Um, obviously it was, you know, bizarre sort of logistics, but they were back doing work and that's different than what they had been doing. And so I, I think that that naturally boosted everybody's mood a little bit. And even though it was raining and we were outside and there was like, it felt like there wasn't a ton to update or talk about. It felt good for, all of us too, I think, to just be back with our camera crew and, you know, right. Jane and I stand outside and uh, I think- In the elements. Yeah, yeah, in the elements out there and, and doing, and so even though it was raining, it was nice to just kind of be back out there and working and, you know, how'd you hope and, well, hopefully this comes through. Hopefully we get this to work because it'd be nice to, to be out here again. Well, walk us through some of the precautions that the team is taking. Obviously coach McCarthy seems to be taking this pretty seriously and granted, I mean, I think the entire league is trying is taking it seriously, but I saw mm -hmm. a post about Tyler Biotic had a wristband on that beeps. I mean, Megan and I had Jason Chinnick from the Mavs on who's actually coming to us from the NBA bubble a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about some of the precautions. They're taking the little wristband and beeper was one of them. If you come in within six feet, it beeps. Um, you know, what are you hearing on, on all the things that they're doing to try and keep the team safe? Well, I mean, I know that before you were allowed in, um, you had to test negative three times. Um, and they, you were being tested off site. You weren't, they weren't physically at the star until they had, you know, tested negative the requisite number of times. Um, so they had off site testing. They were, you know, having to have multiple failed or negative tests before they could enter. And, uh, you mentioned the wristbands that beep if you're within six feet of each other. Um, the guys, it sounds like are, are, you know, normally you have, this is actually kind of the way it, it works typically anyway, just naturally. Um, but typically everybody's in the locker room together and then they have the big meeting room, but that's not the case right now. Um, position groups are split off. So the running backs are with the running backs. That's who, that's your little group you have to run with the, you know, defensive line with the defensive line and, and the corners with corners and so on. And so you're in these little position groups that that's the group that you're hanging with and, and you're not, you know, in a big team setting yet. Um, and I know we talked to David Cantor, Jane and I did on our podcast and, uh, David Cantor's an NFL agent. He represents, uh, two Cowboys right now. I think Demarcus Lawrence and, uh, Bradley and I, and he said that initially, um, they, the tests that they were doing were the typical ones that you've seen that go all the way back, um, Ugh. up through your nasal cavity, which I've had, by the way, I got one of those. Up through your brain. Um, not, yeah, it was, it was rough. But it was, uh, I mean, it was just uncomfortable. It's a weird feeling. I, I don't know that it, I would describe it as pain as much as it's just weird. Yeah. You don't, you're not supposed to put things all the way up there. And so, um, but they, they changed those. I know the, the tests that they're doing now are not those. 
The ones that they're doing now are just little nasal swabs, uh, just barely up there. Those are the ones that the NFL is using now. And I know that uh, he told us, Cantor did, that the NFL has, uh, I think it's like 2 million uh, spit tests that you spit into this bottle and put a solution in there and kind of swirl it around and you can get fast results with it. Right. Um, that I think they're still waiting on approval from those from the FDA before they can use them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have those and, and they're ready to use those. And they hope that if they can get FDA approval for those, that those would be, um, you know, something that would streamline even more uh, their testing capabilities. And so, and didn't, you know, they, didn't they contract with a private laboratory so that they wouldn't be taking away testing capacities from like the public health sector, if you yeah, will? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's something that that's not even just something that sports leagues are doing. The doctor's office I went to, for instance, which I wasn't even there for that, but they were just like, Hey, you might as well get one while you're here. So they gave me one right. uh, negative by the way. So nobody has to Holla. feel like I'm Brag about it, why don't you? I know. uh, But I know that, I I mean, they didn't call me till, I got it on a Friday. They didn't call me till Monday uh, because they were closed for the weekend. That's still fast, though. But but, but I saw on the lab result that I had gotten swabbed at 8 in the morning, and it said lab result was 1034 or something. So they got in two hours. Wow. And that's the the same sort of thing that those, you know, that doctor's office has a a contract to deal with a, a private laboratory that they're using. And so... Yeah, I think the NFL and, you know, other leagues are, are trying to use those sorts of things so that they don't hit this backlog in, in lab tests that's, you know, a, a lot of people are hitting in the public right now. Right. Well, um, obviously, all fingers crossed that all the precautions that they are taking actually are effective and do continue to work so that we can indeed have a season. And Bobby, I'm actually glad you're here because... We have I'm glad doing, I'm here too. Well, I'm just glad in general because I love you and you're my, oh, I love you're, you too. you're my like distracted spirit animal. Like I guess you get me like I, could, <laughs> I can like stop talking and be like squirrel and you'll be like, you'll just know you'll get it. Um, yeah. But we have been doing a series on blogging the boys on our podcast and we are predicting the 53 man roster. So Meg and I started with the offensive line um, this past Monday. It was pretty um simple start and we have a couple uh, a couple position groups left and I think they're going to be pretty maybe pretty simple but I think interesting conversation either way safeties quarterbacks and special teams are left to predict so yeah um, and and then safeties I know is only left because uh I mean I don't want to throw anybody under the bus but but you are uh, (laughs) but uh you wouldn't be wrong to say that uh their names rhyme with Barry Schmemkin and and Joy Blight, that uh, those those two individuals didn't do the safeties. They just named six corners, and uh, that only put 21 people on defense, which means you would either have to carry like nine quarterbacks or you know eight people on special teams, and that's not uh, going to happen. Listen, so. McCarthy that's is another innovative. Yeah, like he's going to be innovative. Nine quarterbacks is maybe a thing. Like he's the quarterback. Ooh, nine. He just gave me chills even saying nine. <laughs> stop it <laughs> I know I gotta stop I gotta be nice. <laughs> let me read you guys the roster as it stands right now obviously we'll fill in quarterbacks running backs uh Ezekiel Elliott Tony Pollard uh Alawale Darius Anderson O-line Tyron Smith Connor Williams Joe Looney Zach Martin Lyle Collins Brandon Knight Cam Irving Connor McGovern Tyler Biotich wide receiver Amari Cooper Michael Gallup, CD, Cedric Wilson Devin Smith Aaron Parker Titan Jarwin Blake Bell Dalton Schultz Dalton Light is a gamer. I like following him. He's pretty funny. Um, 
linebackers, Jalen Smith, LVE, Sean Lee, Justin uh, March, Joe Thomas, Luke Gifford, D-line, D-law, uh, Tyrone Crawford, Alden Smith, Bradley and I, Dorrance Armstrong, Joe McCoy, Dontari Poe, Devil Gallimore, Tristan Hill, I'm almost done, I swear, secondary, Anthony Brown, Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, Trayvon Diggs, Reggie, and Daryl Worley. So let's start with safeties because, like you said, the aforementioned um, crew definitely left them off the list. And we might – we already are a, a team that struggles in this department, so we might as well at least fill it with some bodies. <laughs> yeah. Throw, throw as many at the problem as you can. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean – I didn't hear them pick it. Maybe they, they just think that, you know, Awuzier and, and Robinson, they can double as safeties, and so there was no need. Maybe they wanted to keep nine quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean, um, there was some position flex talk, right? Like, wasn't that a thing that has been kind of considered? Do you see any of those guys, like, maybe moving over at any point? You know, it's funny. I can't remember the exact phrasing or even who it came from, but I do remember them talking in January, and it sounded almost like they were hinting that, Cheeto could go to safety and I know they've been a little they, they haven't been happy with his progression right. uh, you know they'll get flashes every now and then um, but I think overall they've felt like he's been a disappointment to this point um, and so I could see them you know maybe doing a reverse Byron Jones here and saying oh this hasn't worked out at corner let's put you at safety and so uh, I mean he played there at Colorado some uh, but, I mean, they've got a lot of guys here at safety that they can work with because, I mean, they've got Xavier Woods, a guy they like, who's also entering a contract here. Yep. Uh, they, they brought in HaHa Clinton Dix, um, somebody that Mike McCarthy has experience with, obviously, from Green Bay. And obviously, he'll um, be playing. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, they got uh, Donovan Wilson, who was a preseason stud last year with his three interceptions and then dealt with injuries and, and wasn't really able to contribute as a rookie. Uh, and then, you know, they've got Darian Thompson and Luther Kirk. Luther Kirk, who they brought in as an undrafted free agent. Darian Thompson, a uh, guy who's been here for a couple years now and, and does some stuff on special teams. So I think it's, it, it seems obvious to me that if, they, if this is the way the roster broke down, that you've got 21 players between the defensive line, the linebackers, and the corner. Because typically the way the Cowboys break up their roster, typically, not always, is 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and then three special teamers. And so uh, the fact that there's four slots left on defense, I think it's, it's easy to look at it and go, maybe your undrafted free agent, Luther Kirk, isn't quite going to, you know, seed any of these other four. So I, I think it makes sense to say it's going to just be the four veterans that stick at safety. Meg, are you saying goodbye to Luther as well? Yeah, um, I believe we all did discuss this a little bit prior and agreed Luther. Uh, nice knowing you. What a great name, though. Like, that's a shame. That's an Luther awesome Kirk. name. Luther Kirk. Luther Kirk. Yeah, it's not just strong a good name. Like, Luther Kirk is – it's very strong. I, I've always – that's uh, – we need a Luther. We really haven't had a Luther yeah. with the Cowboys in a while. But, you know, the Luther Kirk is a, a nice, strong name. Reminds me of Luther Vandross. Like, I feel like he can't fail because his name's too strong to let him. You know? See, but I – see, this is tested. I've had a lot of uh, – you know, theories of mine tested that I felt, you know, this is too good of an indicator to fail. One of those that's really been ruined in the last couple of years for me was by Cheeto because Cheeto wears the bandana. And I've always felt like a corner who wears a bandana just has too much swag to fail, like too much confidence. And he's a, 
I don't know. He's re he's really disappointed a lot of the uh, bandana corners out there. So I don't know that we can glean much from a strong name. Counterpoint. You know, we've already, yeah. What if he didn't feel strong enough? And so he tried to seal someone's swag who was good enough and amazing. And so he just tried to like take on their persona to like up his game. I don't know. I feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like he's a pretty, I feel like he's a, a pretty big alpha. I mean, if you, you've, I'm, I'm sure you've been around Cheeto. He's, he's got a, a lot of, you know, alpha mentality traits. I remember when he was drafted, uh, he got on the call with DallasCowboys.com and uh, Dane Brugler asked him the question about, oh, are you a corner, are you safety, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I remember Cheeto's response. I loved it at the time. He said, uh, he said, I'm a baller, period. You put me anywhere, I'm going to play. And so he doesn't lack confidence. I don't, I don't think it's like, uh, you know, I don't think it's like the, the guy who drives a big truck. I think he, uh, I think he has genuine confidence and uh, maybe it's just been a little misplaced, but uh, you know, hopefully we, we get that remedied this year. All right. So we're rounding out the safeties then doing the dirty work for our um, counterparts. So we're going to go ha ha Clinton Dix. Darian Thompson, Donovan Wilson, Xavier Woods, and Luther, we love you and we hope you land on your feet because you just sound like a wonderful individual. But I hope you're I hope you're one of those fifteen or forty or however many practice squad members they've allowed this year. Hopefully yes. they sneak them onto the practice squad. Forty practice squad members. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. I mean, I don't know what the actual number is. It's something like that. It's, it's a lot. It's like thirty-nine and a half, like something of the sort. It's it's a ton, yeah. Yeah, basically. Okay, cool. So We've got that down. Glad we um, glad we established that. So, which one do we want to do first, special teams or quarterbacks? <laughs> well, I mean, you can you can knock out the special teams now because you know it'll be three. It'll be a kicker, a punter, and a long snapper. All right. And they already have their punter and their long snapper, Chris Jones yeah. and LP Latasor. But wait, so I just... love how they always bring in a, a rotational long snapper, like a training camp guy. Like, imagine being this guy, like Joe Fortunato, Fortunato, like mm -hmm. you know. You, but at what point is the training camp guy going to surpass LP? Like, how – LP's 39. At, at what point are we going to get the Brett Maher taking over for Dan Bailey? Yeah, like, is it is it when he's 60, 59? Like, how old will, will LP be? I See, it's interesting. I thought LP was going to retire this year because I remember specifically him telling, oddly enough, a French-language football publication uh, in the spring of 19 – that he had signed back with the Cowboys for one more year because he, he just wanted to give it one more go. But then, I mean, he returned. So right. he's, uh, who knows? He's, you know, he is getting up there now. He's, he's been with the team, dating back, I think it was all the way to Parcells. I think it was Parcells' first year, 05, yeah. is how long he's been the long snapper. And so it's, uh, he, he's had a lot of job stability there. He's been reliable for him. And, uh, you know, I, I think he can have the job as long as he wants it. Um, but yeah, I would, I would guess he's kind of on his last legs now. So they're going to have to figure out something there, but really it just comes down on that side to is Kai Forbath or Greg Zerline, your kicker. And I think there's a little bit of a, a leaning towards Zerline. So let's talk about this because obviously the, the kicker position has been one of, um, it's just, it's been a little bit of a struggle for us, which is so sad in uh, the last couple years. Obviously, Dan Bailey, Dan Bailey, Dan Naley, excuse me, RIP. Um, but I, you know, we when we lost him, we you know moved on. 
Then you had the Maher, and we all know how I felt about that Kelsey's situation. very favorite player. <laughs> oh yeah, I was a little aggressive in my takes with him, so I'll I'll say that he was he was he. I gotta say, for you, it, I and you know this, I'm sure, having been around. Yes, the Cowboys locker before. It's so tough when somebody's like a really good guy oh. and they're struggling. And Maher was such a good guy. Like he was so like nice to everybody and yes. always stood up there and, and took any arrows people were shooting at. So I always felt bad for him. So let me give, let me tell you guys a story about how horrible of a person I am. So I like ripped him on Twitter because I was being an idiot, like just being a, a total loser. Like, don't do that. First of all, like I was, I was not being great. And then I like felt that being a troll a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I live the troll life. So, I mean, I, I'm not going <laughs> right. to condemn anybody. So at the time I was dating, um, my, my long-term boyfriend was an equipment manager for the team. And I like went home and I was like, I was such a dick to him. Like, I just felt bad. Like I like, it's just like, I shouldn't have said that. Like, I just shouldn't have like talked so much smack about him on Twitter anyways. And he was like, He's like, yeah, you know, the funny thing about him is like, he's the greatest guy. He literally FaceTimes his children before every practice. <laughs> like after. Yeah, like, he's like, he's, he's a super great <laughs> dude. He's, he is always so nice. And, and it's funny because they will not be named. I'm not gonna, I don't have to name them. But yeah. it's funny because, you know, there are some people in there who are not super great dudes. Right. Who are like, and that's just natural. You've got, you know, a, a random collection of 53 people. They're not all going to be saints. But there's some people in there who it's like, you're not my favorite. And, uh, and so it's always tough when the good guy, I tweeted about it earlier today uh, a little bit that I, it made me sad to see Randall Cobb wearing a Texans jersey today. He yep. shared it on Instagram. Yep. That made me so sad because I've literally never been around somebody in a locker room setting where I was more like that dude is like the most professional individual I've ever been around. So I like, that's where my rooting interests generally lie Yeah. as a media member is more like, I just root for like the good dudes. And like, it yeah. makes me sad when we like lose a good dude. Randall Cobb was so great. I'll tell a funny story last year after one of the games, can't even remember what the thing was, but I had asked him some questions in his locker while we were in a scrum and he had said something and I genuinely wanted clarification on what he had said. I wasn't understanding it. So I asked him something back and it, it made it sound like I was twisting his words, I guess. And so he said, uh, he said, no, 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 don't take it out of context. That's not what I said. I was like, well, no, I know. He's like, no, I know, but don't, don't take it out of context. That is not what I was saying. It's like, okay. So we ended up and cameras go down and I walked over to him and I said, Hey, I just wanted to come up and say, like, I wasn't trying to be unfair. Like I just genuinely was looking for understanding. And he, he said, no, I know, I know, I know what you're doing. He's like, it's fine. He's like, I just knew the cameras were on and so I wanted to in front of the cameras. So if that became any sort of topic of discussion, what I'd said, I wanted to say on camera, you know, in front of everybody that that is not what I meant. And so he said, it wasn't about you. It was about, I knew I was on camera and I needed to say it there. And so it's like, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he was very savvy, but he, he, he was always very fair and personable. And so I, I always like guys like that. And that's Maher and you were mean to him. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's not cool. I'm not proud of it. I'm really that's, very, that's very Hellman of you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. I put myself in Twitter timeout for like two weeks over it. I was, oh. I was being a douche. So, yeah, anyways, I digress. Don't, don't be mean to Brett Maher, even though sometimes he wasn't as great as maybe he could. Yeah, he's a corn husker. He's good um, people. Well, don't worry, Meg, because we have another one of those for you. So, Greg the Leg Zerline is in the house. He's probably going to be is that a Is that a nickname he has, or it did is. you just give him that? It is the nickname. Oh, I was about to give you credit for that. That was good. I'll take it, though. Um, I, sure. I, I feel like he's about to be Megan's new favorite player because he has a great nickname. He's actually um, born and raised in Nebraska, and he played at Nebraska. And so I just – and he's going to score a lot of points for us. So I feel like it's inevitable that Megan well, – I, I just good. need to make a quick distinction that he played at the University of Nebraska-Omaha. Um, it's – the same family it, 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 it's not the same school though right that's not the cornhusker no they're it? about a there there's a, there's a there's they're a like division three or something yeah. listen yeah i, I know that it's like it's like ut they have all the fu- excuse me school schools ooh, ooh, <laughs> wow i almost really just went full goodness Maher, Maher does get you all like <laughs> on edge jeez <laughs> I'm not even drinking either, like <laughs> Sailor. No, Mark. I know that's just that's just what's in your heart. It's amazing. <laughs> Listen, apparently, when people that curse more are more intelligent, and so I'm going to roll with that narrative. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so we've got we had Kai Forbath last year after Maher made his exit. Obviously, he did pretty well. They signed the the Cowboys signed him to a one year deal, but in March they brought in uh, Zerline and. Signed him to a three-year deal. He's a former pro bowler, obviously from the Rams, being reunited with his former special teams coach, John Fossil. Great nickname. Bones. Love that name, man. That's awesome. Um, so does it feel inevitable that he's just going to be the guy? Is Kai 100% out the door, in your opinion? I mean, can, do you even know the numbers behind like what that would look like if they just said goodbye? Uh, I mean, they the, the four bath one wouldn't hurt them as neither one would hurt them much. I mean, they're kicker contracts; they're not like exorbitant. But um, the the they invested more in Zerline, uh, significantly more, and so I think that it makes sense that they'd go with Zerline and the connection that's already there. Uh, I mean, the football in reality, there in a lot of ways, is is not much more different than you know, any other business or any other thing, relationships matter. Um, that's why, uh, you know, I, we were talking before the show about Middle Tennessee State and how the Cowboys used to have a kicker in here uh, for Middle Tennessee State. Well, <laughs> no, that's why, uh, you know, Rich Basach's son played at Middle Tennessee State. One of the Cowboys linebackers coach, his dad was on staff at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, you remember they brought in Larry Allen Jr., uh, yep. for training camp a couple of years ago and uh, Daryl Green's nephew or something. A couple of, it, it's, it's no different. Um, those relationships will, will get you opportunities or will get you looks or, or and sometimes be the, will sometimes be the advantage. And I think that's probably the case with the kicker job. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good with what he brings to the table. Again, obviously former pro, former pro bowler, He's uh, 201 for 245 field goal attempts in regular seasons, about 82%. Um, and last year was a really bad year for him. He's, yeah. he's been better. 
And he acknowledged that. I mean, last season he dipped to 73% conversion rate, which is his lowest since 2015. He acknowledged that coming in. He was like, listen, I didn't have a great year. Um, it wasn't my best, but like, I feel confident that I can bring it back and, and, you know, add value to this team. So I think reuniting. He's, he's really just, he's really just motivated not to get tweeted at by Kelsey Charles. I think that's <laughs> what will make the difference for him. As we all are. Yeah. I don't want that wrath. I don't um, want the smoke. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> so depressed. Those Twitter fingers over there. Those Twitter fingers. Don't be <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like this makes a lot of sense. It, it I, I, Follow the money. When they brought him in for a larger contract, a three-year deal, lo- longer terms, we reunited with his former coach. It feels like the writing is pretty much on the wall. I mean, they were able to get a multi-year extension done with him before their quarterback, so you got to think they uh, believe in him to some extent. Ouch. Ooh. Do you want to talk? Okay, so in conclusion, we're going to go LP, <laughs> Chris Jones, and Zerline are our special teamers. Yes. Okay. Um, let's, let's, let's go ahead and wade into that shade, my friend. Um, oh, I don't want to make people too mad. People, well, people know... I told you guys beforehand, I've had to be edited lately on podcasts because I keep saying things that are out of pocket. So. Okay. I almost just, you know, dropped some bombs, so it's fine. We're already going to have to, I'm going to have to throw on the E tag on this. Just I just, I just, wa- I just want to say this. Hey, I'll say, th- I'll say this one thing. I spelled out the word that I said. Well, <laughs> you did. I'll, I'll say this one thing. It, the, the only organization <laughs> that has ever decided to like play around like this and ultimately not pay the quarterback is the Washington NFL team, which I think in the last month is like the last organization you would ever want to mirror in like any respect. And so I, I think that it's a little odd that that's who you'd be taking your cues from. Hey, well, they are friends. So I mean, I, I mean, yeah, everybody who made that decision to do that with that quarterback is like now out of a job. <laughs> Or is the center of like some like, you know, uh, slate.com investigative journalism piece. So either way, I don't think you'd want to like be them right now. But uh, that's who the Cowboys have chosen to mimic uh, in handling their quarterback. So Um, so that's all I'll say. I'll be nice now. Well, (laughs) actually, real quick before we dive into who if we think Dak Prescott's going to start or not. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think I think Andy Dalton with weapons around him. You know, that's why they brought him in, Bobby, is because they wanted to pressure (sighs) Dak Prescott. You know, that's why they brought him in. Yeah, I do. I do love the idea that like one of the uh, common things you hear is that, you know, well, you can't pay Dak because then you can't afford to, to keep people around him and yada, yada, yada. But then at the same time, they're all talking about how, well, Romo uh, never had the, the weapons that Dak did. Well, maybe it's because uh, you guys lobbied to pay him the way you don't want to pay Dak. He was making too much money and hurting the rest of the team. But I didn't hear y'all saying that at the time. Oh, so what's your prediction? Okay, I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm just going to be nice now. No, uh, my I prediction really- is I feel I feel like he's going to be back. Uh, I feel like they'll get a deal done next spring, but I'm not, like, nearly as confident as, as I once was. I, I can, like, envision a scenario where he's no longer a Cowboy. <gasps> I don't like it. If he's not I don't a Cowboy, like it. where does he go? Saints? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Stop who's it. smart in the NFL? The Patriots? So <laughs> whoever's smart will pay him. Yeah, whoever's smart will pay him. And, uh, you know, whoever likes to wear their Oakleys and uh, take selfies in trucks, whoever has that type of mentality from 
Sleep. Uh, okay, sleep. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right. So I'm you triggered. Think- I'm calming down. I've the, had too much coffee today. The Cowboys are going to pay Dak uh, next season, so not to fear. Um, Probably. Okay. So. <laughs> Probably. I'm just saying. Who's your Who are your quarterbacks this season? Let me. Let me. Uh, well, I mean, we've we've picked three special teamers and four safeties, so there's only three spots left. Okay. And so- they have four quarterbacks. They have Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, Clayton Thorson, and Ben DiNucci. Danuk! And that one is interesting. That one is interesting because they obviously, I don't know. It's obviously Dak and Dalton. Um, yeah. But, man, a lot of people in that building liked Clayton Thorson as, like, a study guy, as, as like, somebody who helped Dak. Why? Uh, with, with, like, just during the week, study. And his perspective on the game. Not necessarily, like, what he could do if he had to step in. They just thought – Generally, the the job of a backup quarterback oftentimes is to be the uh, study partner uh, for for the guy that's starting. Unless, of course, you got hurt and were supplanted by a rookie, and then you don't help. Uh, you have the third string quarterback help the starter at that. Point. Is that Helen Moore? What's that? Was that some shade? Hundred percent. No, no, that didn't happen in 2016. That's not what I'm referencing. Is there? Um, <laughs> So, uh, no, I think that you look at Dalton and Dak are clearly there. Thorson is a third-string quarterback. A lot of what they do is advanced study. So they'll study opponents or, or like, do certain things that they become, like, you know, almost like an assistant. Um, and they liked Clayton Thorson a lot. Clayton Thorson was on the practice squad, and he would go on the road with the team, which is not something practice squad players do. Yeah, yeah. But they would, they, he would be on the road, and he would be on the bench, and he'd be sitting with Dak during, you know, as well as – you know, uh, Cooper Rush was there too. It you know, wasn't like Cooper was off on his own. We can give a coach a, ro- a roster spot like we did for like how many years with Kellen Moore? We could just do that. Uh, you could. And so uh, Thorson, I know they, they like I, they like Thorson, but my only hesitation there is that it's a new staff. A new staff's always have their own guys. And the new staff clearly liked Danucci and took right. Danucci. And so I think that they would have an easier time getting Danucci to the practice squad than Clayton Thorson um, again. And so I would guess that's what they'll end up doing. I w- I'm going to say that they try and put Danucci on the practice squad and they keep Clayton Thorson, Andy Dalton, and Dak Prescott. Mm. So you don't think anyone would pick up Danucci, so that's why you feel okay with that. And Clayton isn't eligible anymore, huh? Uh, I think – well, I can't remember if he is or not, but, I mean, we have to pick three quarterbacks is the thing. So you're picking. There has to be three here. So, so because it's a, it's just the way everybody else had picked the roster. So you have to pick at least three, um, and so I would say Thorson just because I, I think there were people around the league. He did bounce around the league a little bit because Dallas wasn't his first spot. I can't remember where he was before that. I think Philadelphia or something. Yeah. And other teams have had interest in him and have liked him from when he was coming out of college a couple of years ago. So uh, I, I think that they do. I think they would have a greater risk of having him snatched if they tried to sneak him on so Danucci to the practice squad Thorson on the roster is my pick all right Meg do you want to go ahead and give the Nooch a roster spot or are you going to put him on the P squad you already know I'm giving the Nooch a roster spot why is this a question <laughs> he's he's great I loved him he was we interviewed him like the day after the draft and he was like so much fun he's phenomenal and he was he was awesome and he had a great Twitter history about previous Cowboys quarterbacks. And I really, like that's, I, I mean, if it's any guide, Dak Prescott had the same thing and he's had a great career. So I think if we're looking for scouting markers, like we talked about Luther Kirk's name, right. maybe that's an indicator. We know that 
just being honest and direct about, uh, you know, Romo and your Twitter history generally means you'll make a Pro Bowl of millions of dollars. So maybe that's what they look at when they go for Ben DiNucci. So you're basically saying those who like to talk smack on Romo end up being successful. Can I, can I be clear about something too? I want to, I want to, I do want to, I do want to be clear because everybody hears me do this and like, they think I like hate Romo. I don't hate Romo. I don't, I don't hate Romo. I don't, I really, I like, people have seen me get into like passionate barroom arguments about Tony Romo. Yes. Uh, It's more like, um, like I'm trying to think of a, a good example. I like Blink 182. I like their music. I always have. I hate, down on Tom I hate Blink-182 fans. Listen. That's the thing. And so I would, I would not, I'm not necessarily saying you. I'm just saying in general, it's like, I like that band. I don't know that I want to be associated with that band's fan base, though. And so it's more just like a troll of the fan base. So I like the quarterback. I like Romo. I think that the fan base is way too easily triggered, and I like messing with them is mainly the thing. Favorite Cowboys quarterback of all time, go. Uh, I mean, favorite, like personally, I like Dak Prescott a lot. Like he's not the best, but he's like, I like him the most. Uh, but I, Staubach probably. I love Roger. I love Dandy Don. I mean, I like all, like, I mean, generally, like I've, I've been a fan of, it takes a special makeup. I think, you know, this is where the Cowboys come from. It takes a special makeup to be a Cowboy, but especially to be the Cowboys quarterback. And so I think that that mentality that, help stack thrive in that position. That's part of why I just, I really enjoy like covering him. I, he's, he's, he's just really sharp and strong leader. And so like, just from that perspective, I like him. He's my favorite personality. Um, but I mean, Rogers probably my favorite from just being a fan growing up. We're big Dak fans on this pod. Oh yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad there aren't enough of them. So at least we're aligned in that regard. All right, so Meg, um, you're cutting, but you're going to cut Clayton and give Danucci a spot? Yeah, this, in my reasoning, is probably the opposite of what Bobby said. I don't need another he – can, he can be on the coaching staff if he wants to be the coach. But somebody will give him a job somewhere else, oh. so he doesn't have to be a coach. Um, be a coach somewhere else. We could we could yell at whoever picked like the offensive line or the receivers and tell them they picked too many and we want to keep four quarterbacks. But no, we picked the offensive line. You can't yell at us. Oh well, y'all then yell at whoever picked the receivers. They're not keeping six receivers. Let's keep five. Probably, probably RJ. If we're being honest. Oh yeah, then let's blame RJ. Like, there's nobody that I like blaming more than RJ except Hellman. (laughs) How many receivers? Let's blame Hellman. I put it on Hellman actually. You know what? You're probably right. I bet he he probably talked to RJ and RJ was like, yeah, man, I'm doing this. And, and, and Dave was like, great idea. Why don't you fill the entire roster with receivers? 1,000%. Dave is pulling all the BTB strings. Well, Bobby, He's- you'll enjoy right now that they're having an argument about the uh, the number that Alden Smith chose. So, What number is he? Uh, it, Robert Quinn's old number 52. You've just... Oh, yuck. Bobby is very, very, very. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I'm sure you'll be hopping on that conversation. Not 52. Wait, it's Quinn's old number, so it's 58. Yeah, sorry. But either way, it shouldn't be in the 50s. This is all wrong. Dave says dumb stuff though. Like Dave was all like, "Oh, like quarterbacks should be allowed to wear 99." Like Dave says, "The numbers can't hurt you." (laughs) Dead serious. Dave said that like he loved. I can't remember who it was. The quarterback at Michigan. 
used to wear 99. That's and Dave was like, that's awesome. Wait, was he, who was shoelaces? He was running back. Who's what? Shoelaces, the Michigan guy. No one knows what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm gonna go die. No, I didn't hear what you said. I, you broke up for a sec. <laughs> you really were talking away from the microphone? Yeah, we couldn't hear you. Oh, I said shoelaces from Michigan. Oh, who's shoelaces? I don't know who that is. Never mind. <laughs> I'm and gonna, we still don't know. know. Let me stop yeah. clarifying. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that. But anyway, yeah, Dave was all like, oh, yeah, they should win. And receivers should be allowed to wear like 36. And it's like, Dave, stop. That's really ridiculous. That's a trash take, which doesn't surprise me because, like, he has the worst food takes of all time. And I just can't stand for it. Like, he just, I don't even know. I don't even no, know. No, I know. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's something like, like, I feel like there's something that needs to be like, he needs to reflect on something internally like Rocky Rhodes' favorite ice cream. Like that's nobody's favorite ice cream. That's like way too busy of an ice cream, like marshmallows and nuts and like- Denard Robinson was shoelaces. That, there you go. Yeah, Denard Robinson wore 99 and it looked ridiculous. And like Dave thinks that looks awesome. Um, he's a running back. As but... he can just be recently quoted, numbers can't hurt you, Bobby. Okay, well- That's what Dave said? Yes. Uh, what did he say that to me just now? No, he said numbers can't hurt you, but I just added the Bobby part. What's your uh, well? I don't have an opinion on numbers. I mean, I do. I just don't think it's as strong as Bobby's. No, I just, I just think that like how they look on the uniform, honestly. Yeah, I that's the that. thing. There's just like a certain classic. Like I will never forgive like Larry Fitzgerald and Roy Williams and those dudes. And Roy Williams is a Texas Longhorn legend. Like hook them. But, like, I'll never forgive those guys for, like, bringing back, like, receiver numbers in the teens. Like, this all started with Keyshawn when Keyshawn wore 19. Oh, see, I and then, like, receiver Fitzgerald numbers. and Roy, like, brought it. No, those should be in the 80s. A receiver is a number in the 80s. Okay, but hear me out. I like, I like, I like your main receiver to be in the 80s and then, like, your, like, your secondary guy. Like, he, like he's your, your number two is in the teens. Like, well, that's why it was all like that. It was awful last year. Like they would go out there with like, oh, Tavon Austin and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. And it's like 10, 13 and 19. And it just looks like a like training camp quarterback room. It looks so stupid. That makes, yeah, that gives me a little anxiety. I'm not gonna lie. You're right. And I mean, I love Amari Cooper. He's too good to be wearing a number in the teens. That just looks ridiculous. That's why I'm really glad CD Lamb had his arm twisted uh, by Jerry and he uh, put 88 on. Yeah, I am. I mean, I was sad because it meant no Des, but like, or well, I not that meant no Des, but like, you know what I mean. I was sad because it, it felt like the end of an era, and I was like, ah, I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah, too many yeah. things are changing. Because they'll set, they'll save numbers for a while. They yeah. generally like they give you some uh, a respect time. Like yeah. nobody's gonna wear 82. Nobody's exactly. gonna wear, probably they, ever. They still haven't given nine away, and uh, right. I think that. Yeah, the, they just, they only gave you a year with 88 for us to kind of, you know, come to grips with that. Yeah, it was weird. It was unexpected. Anyways. I'm still outside his window with my boombox, so. Hey, always. You know what I I Is that a say anything reference? Yes, it is. And Kelsey doesn't get that, does she? Nope. Nope, she does not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, blaring in your eyes by Peter Gabriel and Kelsey's like, what? Oh, I know she, that if you showed her the picture of the scene, like yeah. she'd be like, oh yeah, that's from a movie, but she wouldn't be able to tell you which one. And no, just, no, she'd like, say, oh, that's from a meme. That's what she'd say. <laughs> oh, that's from a meme. Yeah. 
I was just about to say that actually. <laughs> I'm gonna like I seriously I'm doing this with RJ right now. Uh, like I'm gonna start including you. Like I need to like just give you lists of movies. Like you have to watch them. I'm telling you, like Dude. it's really funny to me. Like I'm so like dating apps are hilarious because whenever I like some some guy like finds out that I haven't like watched any movies, he's like, oh well. I'm going to lock you in a room for a weekend and we're going to watch all these movies. And I'm like, you're the umpteenth dude to tell me this. And it's, I'm 30 years well, old. So. I'm not, well, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming at it from a, a, yeah, I'm not talking about locking people up. This is like, you know, I'm not uh, going to be weird like that. I'm just talking about making a list and saying like, it would be smart. Like, I can't tell you whenever I see a new movie, I've seen so many dang movies. Like whenever I see a new movie, that's like good that I really like. It's such like, an incredible feeling because I get so disappointed now looking for new movies that I like since I feel like I've run through all the ones that I'll ever love that like I it makes me like jealous of you almost that like there's so many out there that I'd love to like watch again for the first time that you still haven't seen like there are so many movies that like blow me away that I would love to see again for the first time let me tell you this I feel like what I've come to terms with is that and the man that I end up marrying will be the one that will convince me to sit and watch movies Maybe. Can I, can I, can I do this? Let's, let's just get you to agree to this. Okay. Like, let me pick one movie that you just promised to watch, just one movie. I feel like- And then I think- You have to give her a a deadline though. No, that's fine, whatever. But like, I pick one movie that you like, you promised to watch. And then when you watch that, I think, because I'll pick the right one, whatever it is. Like, you got to give me like a taste. <laughs> like, I'll be like, uh, I'll be like one of those algorithms that matches you with the perfect movie. Okay. So, like, I'll give you the movie, and then you're gonna like love the movie, and then I feel confident that you'll then be open to more suggestions without having to be like kind of forced into agreeing to do it. Okay. And so, and so, like, just promise you'll watch one movie that I suggest for you. So you're gonna pick Kelsey's perfect movie. Yeah, and then from there, you'll be like, oh, I am now open to more recommendations because I did enjoy watching that so much. Well, it has to be short, and I'm going to have to lock her phone in that's her a, That's fine. It's short, <laughs> and you got to give me, like, uh, the uh, the rom-com or, like, whatever, like, your your criteria are. No scary movies. No animals. No time. scary movies. Cool. I can hit all of these. I got gotcha. you. No foreign language, foreign language, like, whatever it is, like, runtime. Like, I've seen so many movies, I will, like, be able to find one. Okay, cool. Yeah, something, yeah, okay. No animals dying, nothing insanely long. Although I do love Lord of the Rings, which is so weird, but- What um, about animals almost dying, like Homeward Bound? But then like, you think they died, but then they're okay. Nope. Shadow! Shadow, yeah, Peter. And then he's just like coming up the hill and you get all choked up and you get the chills. I don't wanna cry. Like- Oh, it's a no, but it's good, it's a good cry. Cause he he's safe and he's muddy. I mean, he probably died like, the credits roll pretty soon after, so he probably died pretty quick after that, because I mean he did come through mud and stuff, but what? like I mean at that moment you feel okay. Yeah. I'm already like emotional get, talking about this. I'll get her all warmed up for you after our Olsen twins marathon. <laughs> Perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah. Watch uh, those old like uh, double double toil and trouble or whatever that movie they were in where they were witches or I can't remember. Yeah, absolutely. Half <laughs> to Paris, um, best ever. Um, anyway, you went like old school, like when they were little babies. Yeah. yeah, I'm not talking about like uh, their stuff they did, like where they were in New York. I don't remember what the hell that movie was called. New York. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. like there. I've seen like that's what I mean. Like I've seen. We everything. are the Olsen twins. Okay. There's like there's like there's like nobody you could reference that I couldn't like start saying movies that I've seen. That, so. I, that is that is impressive. Your brain is wild. Um, I know it's broken. So I'm going to go ahead and round this out 
I'm I'm sorry, Clayton. Like I'm a I'm still I'm still bitter. Not bitter. So you're voting the nooch. I'm going nooch because like listen, I'm I was so irritated. I was like, I know Kellen Moore's great, but like if you like him, then give him a coaching job. Stop taking up a roster spot. Like that annoyed you, me. You you could keep Danucci and Thorson and just cut Dak. And then like half the fan base would be thrilled. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, turn the Oakleys. And I'm gonna end this recording. That's <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this is fun. We want to know. I'm sure Argy's gonna have so much fun listening to this and creating the final graphic for our. I think he'll be proud of me for spelling my curse word this time instead of saying it. Well, we're still gonna have an E on our team because I words are hard and whatever. Yeah, but wait, it's about- wait, 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 wait. RJ edits this. No, I edit this, and then oh, oh, oh. Listen okay. to it just- we don't need oh, no well- fans. This is going to get cut out by like 20 minutes then. RJ, like, I can't tell you how many times we finish a recording and RJ goes, by the way, I'm going to cut out this and this and this that you said. Oh, no, we're like, full one take take in this household. We don't we don't mess with yeah. that. So- I feel like the fact that he knows I'm on, though, he is going to over edit now. Now he is going to go back and listen because he doesn't trust me. No, I mean. Which is fair. Censorship is illegal. In this, it's- I mean, not totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are there are limits, and so I can't tell you how many times like I uh, I send suggested tweets like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna tweet this," and I'll send it to like RJ or like Dave or like something like that, and they just come back and go like, "Do not send that because then you won't exist on social media anymore." I could have used <laughs> censorship when I sent out that Diggs tweet. Um, I got a text immediately from RJ and he was like, what are you doing? I, uh, yeah, I get like, I get yelled at for like stupid <laughs> stuff. Like I got somebody, uh, I think it was RJ. RJ was giving me grief today. Cause like Dave was like live tweeting the Trayvon Diggs thing. And I was like, he's like, Oh, Trayvon Diggs is talking to the media. And so I like just replied to Dave and I was like, ask him if he's related to Stefan. <laughs> and like, that's not like, I just always troll. Yeah. And and I love I love him to death. I love him to death. The person who never understands my trolling, and I always have to like think about it. Brad Sham doesn't totally get when I'm trolling, and sometimes he thinks I'm being serious, and he like is like, "What are you even talking?" To? Like he'll reply on Twitter. I'm like, "Sorry, Brad, I was kidding. Like that was meant to be an obvious joke, and I came off looking like an idiot." I love Brad Sham. Um, you should, Brad's my favorite. You should attach a Brad Sham warning to like your really um, like dry sarcastic tweets. Just so he uh, yeah, I, I think it's just that, yeah, it's, you can't interpret the, uh, it's like hard to interpret the emotion. Disregard this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to interpret the emotion a little bit uh, through there, uh, because Brad's a pretty, like, witty, like, sarcastic guy himself. Like, he can be, that's a, a, a brand of his humor. I, I love Brad. Brad is, like, seriously one of my favorite people. He's, like, awesome. And so, like, I always do, I'm like, uh, if he, like, takes me being serious i like usually delete the tweet because i'm like well i don't want you to think i actually meant that i was right. joking well um if you guys want to play along with our obvious um tomfoolery <laughs> on twitter you can find us um actually i'll wait to give our usernames bobby before we talk about ourselves tell us what you've got going on you've got an awesome podcast uh you guys had some really cool guests on recently you're doing all the things where can the world find you yeah, just uh, go to Twitter at Bobby Belt TX. Jane Slater and I do a podcast, and we kind of like house everything there, so you can find all of it. The Boys and Girl Podcast, which we do with uh, Colin Cowherd's Herd Podcast Network, and so yeah, we try to 
get as relevant people as we can. We talked to David Cantor this week, Demarcus Lawrence's agent. Um, during the offseason, we had Jalen on, Leighton Vander Esch, a bunch of the draft picks. And so, uh, yeah, you can find all that stuff there. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for anybody who wants to share any. I'm always looking for more good Dave content to go into my Hellman folder on my camera roll. Um, so yeah, hit me up there. I will accept any and all edits, uh, anything that's, you know, just, a, even if it's just like a funny screenshot of him in a video, like I'll take that, um, edited things to make it look like he's, you know, saying or doing stupid things. Any Dave content I'm here for. Um, me too. I'm sure Megan is the same. So you can find us on Twitter as well at Kelsey underscore Charles and Megan. At Meg Murray with four R's. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the Blog and the Boys podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, rate review. It really does help us out. All the five stars. We love you for it. We will see you guys on Monday. Have a lovely, socially distant, safe, masked up weekend. But never, ever forget. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Bye, guys. <laughs>